this Raider draft pick is just killing me, dude. I'm going to war. They took the Alabama tackle, which oh, all he did was win the Outland Trophy, the <laughs> national championship, and was a first-team All-American. The guy played in – he played his senior year at Alabama and came back because he was the captain of the team to win another championship, and he's the worst pick ever. And whenever – first of all, fans are always disappointed when you don't pick a shiny Ferrari – uh, and uh, forgetting that what runs that Ferrari, what's what's under the what's under the hood, what's under the hood of any successful team is a great offensive line. You take so much when you when you draft an offensive lineman, and then when you're the Raiders, you just take for taking. Yeah, you just take heat all the time, and you take a lot of it from your fans. And that's and, and, spo- and you know, and it's an easy cliche crutch for sports talk radio hosts to pick on the Raiders because it's a popular thing to do. Calling CQ, calling CQ. Uh, uh, come in, please. It's the JT and Looney Podcast, episode 82. Powered by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all your news, scores, and odds. The best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. And just for being friends with the JT and Looney podcast, if you head to betonline.ag at this moment or after the podcast, they'll give they'll give you a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Pretty cool deal. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The draft, the first round of the draft, is always great content. They uh, Roger Goodell deserves a ton of credit for doing what they did. By putting it in prime time for one night, make yep. it one night. The Academy Awards, which we'll get to, can learn from this because instead of having six rounds and having all this drawn out bullshit content that no one cares about after the first round and maybe the first 10 picks, they put it into one night. They make it tight. It's great. It's outdoors. It's unbelievable. And then, boom, it's over and you go. Holy shit, I want more. And no, 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 you're not going to get more because it's in prime time. Right. You're going to get it in an hour, you know, a couple hours, and you're going to crave for more. And then with all the drama that goes in with it, all the drama, oh, they reached for this pick. Oh, they went up to get this pick. It really is the perfect storm. It's the best made-for-television sporting event, arguably, arguably, that isn't a, a game. That's ever been invented. Uh, it's the most talked about sporting event that's not a game. Definitely R- ramping up to this. It was weeks and months of talk and speculation. And what's great is just like it's just like conspiracy theory talk, which is very popular. Uh, you can just make stuff up as you go along. And if you're wrong, nobody checks out. <laughs> nobody you just keep moving forward. And everyone's always wrong about everything, whether it's a conspiracy theory or the draft. Once it's over, nobody goes back and combs through what Mel Kuyper Jr. said three years ago. They're just moving ahead to the next draft and then and, and talking about the winners and losers. It's great. And it's so funny. For everybody. You're right about that. When you mentioned Mel Kuyper, who built his own brand, right? So Simon Cowell built the brand on American Idol. He gets all yeah. the credit for all these judges who are in the 10th row, and there's three judges or four judges. Yeah. They all say they all. It was all ripped off from Simon Cowell, who became the judge on American Idol. And then the voice copied that. And they brought in Blake Shelton and they brought in Usher and whoever. It's all because Simon Cowell yep. had the success of all of that. And what's happening now, Mel Kuyper Jr. built this amazing brand 
that, hey, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to give you the picks. And it really works because fans go crazy, go nuts if their pick isn't anywhere near with Todd McShay or Mel Kuyper or right. Joe Klatt or Mike Mayock, which I'll get to, used to do that when he was at NFL Network. Everybody puts out their mock draft. And some kids who are at home, including my son, who went the first six for six, and I tweeted it out. My youngest <laughs> son, you know, dropped the mic moment. He had the first six for oh, six. Oh, wow. It isn't easy when you think about it because you, no. had, to pick, you had to pick Trey Lance going third. You couldn't yeah. go six for six unless you got the Mac Jones, Trey Lance thing. And then he got this pick and this pick. And he, even though he didn't get Penny Sewell, the right, he made a little bit of a trade, but he got Penny Sewell going where he went, which was the right slot where the kid went. And I'm sitting there watching it with him on the couch, and I'm just cracking up. And he was jumping in the air. He doesn't root root for these teams, but he rooted for his mock draft to be right. And it's tremendous branding. And, you know, the the reason why so many men of a certain age, by the way, that was a good show on AMC. A friend of mine from the gym was on that show. Uh, Men of a certain age, remember Bill Polian? From the Colts saying, who the hell is Mel Kuyper Jr.? And every time Mel Kuyper's name is ever mentioned, I, I launch into that impression. It was one of the greatest things ever for the brand of Mel Kuyper, who wasn't that famous at the time. But because of the World Wrestling Federation type talk from a professional general manager in the NFL, who the hell has Mel Kuyper never put on a uniform? And then all that cliche WWE sincere rant by Bill Polian of the Colts, it did millions of dollars worth of branding for Mel Kuyper. Absolutely. And I, oh. again, he's, he's part of a Simon Cal. He's a character. Yeah. Part of Mel Kuyper is he's a made for television character, because if you read his mock draft like I do, or you see him do sports center hits, that's one thing. But when you watch him on television and you see him shake his head and scoff and be like, oh, they reached for that guy. It really adds to the television show. All it is yes. is a TV show. Now, when as we produce this podcast and the first round is over, And then we get to the nausea, the nausea of the rest of the draft and players dropping and this and that. You know, I've never really been into that much. It's important working for the Raiders. You care about who's the fourth round pick. I got to study up on the player before I interview him. But after the first round, after the first round and early into the second round, most of these guys are reach picks. And that's when all the NFL teams really do their work. And then after the draft, they really, really work because they sign the players who weren't drafted quickly i mean that is a they should do a documentary on that it's how everybody the second that's the draft ends they're on the phone with the agents trying to steal the best players who aren't drafted offer them a contract get them in the building for a workout and all of that builds football teams but i want to talk about the thursday of the draft because i woke up that day had a really busy day in front of me and then aaron Rodgers becomes moody and Aaron Rodgers <laughs> all of a sudden wants out the day of the draft, which I find fascinating. Not the day before the draft, not the week before the draft, not in the winter when it's snowing sideways in Green Bay and he's <laughs> driving to get milk in Appleton and going, this sucks. I live here, not in Malibu. And he probably was in Malibu. But <laughs> the issue becomes, oh, all of a sudden today is the day that uh, Adam Schefter and Jay Glazer backs up the story that Schefter wants out. 
That's fascinating, and that's a topic that's going to build here, man. That's a big topic. Well, of course it's a big topic because as you, who works for the Raiders, sits there and hopes with your fingers crossed and all the incense you can burn and other, any other voodoo boogaloo that you can do at home, don't you? And I know that you you know Derek Carr. You're friends with Derek Carr. Um, but anybody anybody's a fan of any team hope he, hopes he comes to their team. Yeah, it looks like Denver's the front runner. So it looks right. like Mark Slareth reported, who we know stink said what that a coup. He he heard from a report that it was oh. almost a done deal yesterday, and that went viral. And it makes a lot of sense because remember when Peyton Manning went to Denver and he played in two Super Bowls, yep. two, and he won an MVP and he won a Super Bowl. That Manning came off a neck injury where he could have been paralyzed for life if the right. surgery could go right. Aaron Rodgers is not coming off next surgery. Right. <laughs> He's coming off the MVP. Okay, so if he goes to Denver after Denver's defense was upgraded in the first round yeah, yeah. as they got Patrick Sertain. That, the that's, a, that's a plus five wins <laughs> for, for, for the Denver Absolutely. Broncos. Denver Broncos go from being a six or seven win team to a, to a ten, 10 win team. Absolutely. 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 And I read an article today as we record this Ed Graney in the Las Vegas Review Journal said, you know, he talked about the paraphrase that, you know, the Raiders got to consider that now a block in a a chess match where, okay, I love Derek Carr. And I want to say that. So if someone peels this off of this podcast, I think the card deserves to keep. He's a top nine quarterback. Oh, my God. Back it up. He's very good. Most accurate quarterback in the NFL. He just gets a lot of crap because throwing poop at the Raiders is a thing to do. Right. And and Carr is nowhere near. Nowhere near the quarterback Aaron Rodgers is. Right. And let me make that point. So if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, you still got Derek Carr is very good. If you get Aaron Rodgers, you keep Aaron Rodgers from Denver, where Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes and LA has Justin Herbert, who's really good. So that'll be a story that develops, but I got a better theory than that. Ooh, I have a better theory. Well, that's Ready great. That's, like I said, you know I love conspiracy theories because you can yes. just make it up as you go along. Yes, and my theory is <laughs> is that it's another man, another guy with a batshit crazy wife. He's, oh. he's, he's engaged to a Hollywood actress who's a very earthy actress, and she's, very, <laughs> she's been in a lot of roles, right? She's not what I've always said. If I was Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, I'm one of the only guys left in sports radio married to my first wife. And right. I love, wife I love your first wife. And she's the best, my first and only wife. But if I was an NFL MVP, I, I would only marry one woman, and she would be a Brazilian swimsuit model. Now, I don't know who she is, but I would fly to Rio de Janeiro and I would sit in a hotel room and I would have, I would basically have a casting call and I would have a whole bunch of famous Brazilian swimsuit models come to my room for dinner and I'd take them out on the beach and then I would marry one of those Brazilian swimsuit models the way Tom Brady did. And that was Tom Brady's second wife. So Aaron Rodgers finds this Hollywood actress and her name escapes me as you Google her name. Okay. And she's been in a couple of movies because you're the movie guy. And she's a very good actress. But the point is, she doesn't want to live in Green Bay. She doesn't. Oh, this and is a wants- show. You got okay. it. <laughs> so she wants to live in Hollywood and get more roles in Hollywood. Shailene Woodley. Right. And she's been, as you look at her resume, she's been in some pretty good roles. I think she's a very good actress. But she's not Danica Patrick, who he dated. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Olivia Mum, remember her? The actress? Yes, yes. Yep. Her, and now this is going to be the new wife. And good for them. I hope they're happy and they have children and they 
have a, this beautiful life, but they don't want to do it in Green Bay. And Sierra doesn't want to do it in Seattle. She doesn't want to get rained on for 311 days out of 365. Right. She wants to come out on stage in Vegas like Celine Dion, or she wants to come out on a stage in New York City and do off-Broadway. So I, I believe, again, that this is batshit crazy fiancés and wives getting in the heads of these guys saying, I want this life. I want us to be together. And now all of a sudden on draft day, Aaron Rodgers wants fucking out of Green Bay. Oh, one last. You love this stat. No quarterback in Green Bay history has played more than 16 years. And you say to yourself, well, no one in the NFL plays more than 16 right, years. Right, that's that's insane. Right. Listen to this. Bart Starr. 16 years. Oh, wow. Maybe the, great, maybe the wow. greatest quarterback of all time. People forget Bart Starr was the biggest winner out there. Uh, Brett Favre, Packers, 16 years. Aaron Rodgers, up to the day of the draft, 16 years. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. Also, what's surprising with that stability you named is when we were growing up, they ne- their quarterbacks never lasted 16 minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever Lynn Dickey. Lynn Dickey didn't play 16 years, did he? No, I don't think Lynn Dickey did either. And there was a there was another one that was ended up with the Raiders and he rented an an airplane and and it got L. Davis upset that said, Start Anthony Dillwig. Right. (laughs) And he rent he was the one that paid for the plane. And and I don't but L. Davis wasn't. Uh, wasn't impressed with his ambition. He just cut him after that. But yeah, they had they had quite a, a who's who uh, during our childhood. Well, Trey Lance has never come to my home. I've never sat down with him and break right. fucking bread. So uh, he goes number three to the 49ers. And that was that was a really deep undercut. Comment. Well, that was a that was a poker. That was a poker play, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, that was a poker play. <laughs> so he ends up going there. And now that's interesting because Jimmy Garoppolo who is a male model. We were talking about Brazilian. Right. Uh, yes, model. yes, yes. He is a male model. He's, he's a GQ best. guy himself. Yeah. Looking quarterback who ever lived. And now, once again, he's completely healthy. He doesn't get injures, injuries because he pulls a hamstring. Oh, his hamstring hurts. That's, that's injury prone. When your right. knee gets dislocated and you have surgery, you're not soft. You're not injury prone. You just happen to have someone run into your knee. Right. And you're out. So, He's healthy. He took the team to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and they're like, "No, no, 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 you're you're out. We're gonna go with this Trey Lance kid," which I have no problem with. The do you think that he will be the starting quarterback week one, Jimmy Garoppolo? A great question. I'd have to say yes because if not, okay. there's no chance Trey Lance. Or back in the day, remember Kaepernick backed up Alex Smith, and when right. Kaepernick came in for Alex Smith, Kaepernick was great, but it wasn't week one. Right. He came in. Oh, right. It was like week 10 or 11. And Alex Absolutely. Smith was playing great and then right. had a, a headache one day. <laughs> Harbaugh was waiting. Yeah. So if Jimmy G who has the same agent as Tom Brady, Don Yee, if he say if he plays hardball, see, Jimmy G's in a tough spot here because he's got all this guaranteed money from the 49ers. Right. For one more year. Massive contract. So for him to say, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Well, let's let's reevaluate that the place where he was going to go got Mac Jones and the Patriots, right? So that was the spot for him to go. And that's closed. That's closed for business. They got their guy and there's really no one left for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think he's going to take it on the chin, take all that money, be the starter. And if he plays well, he'll keep his job. As soon as they struggle a bit, he'll play his last game and they'll go all in with Trey Lance. But yeah, I think he'll be the starter. What a fascinating day it is. And to bookend with our Mel Kiper jr. 
uh, conversation because I didn't want to forget this. And it just shows, you know, the natural sexism among men, and I'm guilty of it myself, uh, and that is he's 60. He had, he, and we don't, we, we've always made an agreement since the first days I worked with you. It was your rule when I came in. I thought it was a great rule not to talk about looks, mocking looks, because, you know, we all, we all, because we also have a mirror at our home too. And, and, and we're not, uh, we're not Jimmy Garoppolo, either one of us. Has any, other than Nancy Pelosi, has anyone had more Botox? The Mel Kiper, he's 60. He hasn't one. He's the only 60 year old man in the United States of America without one wrinkle on his face. But nobody notices because it's sports and it's sports talk and it's a guy. So no one's paying attention. But show business guy that I am, JT, I spotted it years ago. And I thought, wow, you know, we make fun of Nancy Pelosi and other people without one wrinkle. But Nancy Pelosi's 110. But but Mel Kiper Jr. is 60. Not one wrinkle that's either some damn good genetics or he's ready he's camera ready at every moment and a real pro and i will take i will take b there he's camera ready at every moment and a real pro because there's no guy who works on television every day over 40 who has no wrinkles that hasn't done botox so did, did you ever notice that or think that when you took it mel kuiper jr i did not notice i yes. knew he had the greatest skin early on when he was younger in life so i uh -huh. think the botox has helped Oh, okay. And uh, I think he's fantastic, but I'll. I I'll do too. That. I think you'd noticed it more because every once in a while you live in Hollywood and <laughs> uh, every once in a while there's a lot of cars on your street and you wonder why. You're like, wait, I live in this neighborhood. There's never been this many cars. Oh, no, no, there's a Botox party across. Exactly. The <laughs> all the ladies <laughs> exactly. walking with their heels and they have gifts for each other. And then some guy comes out and he shoots them all up with Botox. Have you ever seen that? that that's a really thing. That's something. Oh, it, that is a, it is a thing that happens. Matter of fact, I, I, a kid who's a neighbor of mine who I watched grow up, and I bet you now he's about 25. He was bragging on Instagram the other day about getting Botox. He's 25. <laughs> it's like, wow. And he's a born and raised in L.A. kid. It's like, wow. Well, I live in Vegas, as we know, and all there is is personal injury attorney billboards everywhere. There's like 700 wow. personal injury attorneys. It's incredible. You, you, you say to yourself, how many people are getting hurt here that they need personal injury attorneys? And then secondly, there's oh, all, all the construction. That's a lot guess, of yeah. the roads, the Vegas, the okay. street, whatever it is. And then there's a lot of those uh, surgery centers that will take out lipo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have those on every corner. Yeah. The reason my theory, I talked to a guy about this once is a lot of people are able to lie. A lot of women. And men, of course, or I right. tell their friends, oh, I'm going to Vegas for the weekend. I'm going okay. to see Bruno Mars. Yeah, <laughs> but they don't. They're in a hotel room. They're in a surgery out center because they have to have surgery because they have to have oh, you know, yeah. anesthesia and all that. And they're getting all worked on and they're getting rid of their tummy fat or their. You know, that's how Joan Rivers. Face. That's how Joan Rivers died. Yeah, Rivers died. Didn't as, as she was pushing eighty. It wasn't from cancer or anything, or from old age. It was because when they put her under to do another Tommy Tuck or a, uh, or something, she uh, she just didn't wake up, or they screwed up on the anesthesia. But uh, you know that, that's a that's a risk sometimes you can take if they're putting you all the way under to get your tummy tuck or your boob job. The Oscars sucked, and let me tell you why they sucked. Again, going back to Thursday night in the NFL and how tight it is. You know, they did it at the Union train station, which was nice. Yes. And they tried to mix it up a bit. 
Now, I talked to my best friend, Jimmy B, about this, about Nomadland, and he's a connoisseur of movies, and I haven't seen the movie yet. And he just called me, and he's like, oh, my God, this was just so bad. It was just so bad as she looked in a mirror or she just looked on with a certain look. And I'm like, and he didn't like the picture, and I didn't see any of the movies, a lot of them. I did watch the Chicago 7, and there were a couple of, of the winners and presenters who were politically unhinged again and right. had to use that moment, their bully pulpit, to talk politics and it was very slow and they didn't have entertainment. And I don't know. What'd you think? I saw, I thought it was terrible. Well, it was, yeah, they tried to do it more like a movie and uh, you're right. The, the, the speech, remember, you know, people used to get upset that they would cut the speeches and start playing music and shorten the speeches. We got to get back to that. <laughs> I heard you say this. What do you mean? They made it like a movie. I didn't notice that. But yeah. Was- yeah. They, they did it like uh, they in 24 millimeter and they, uh, they made it the, the way they did it. It was more of a long term presentation if you notice with the uh, with the whenever they won their oscars they were able to give as long a speech as they wanted and no orchestra was trying to move them off the stage we need that orchestra back <laughs> to move them off the stage to keep it shorter it, it makes it less interesting when they only get to thank producers and the big money people and the writer and the director and then they got to get the hell out but uh, and so they can't thank their grandmother or their mother who raised them in the in the liquor store while they were in the back in the playpen and the great chicken soup for the soul stories that actors love to talk about, which we got a lot of. Uh, and that's wonderful. But it was I thought it was a little slow as well. In the beginning, remember, I was texting you. I said, give it a chance. <clears throat> but the advantage that the NFL had over uh, over the Oscars was a live presentation with more people there and protocols that were a little bit looser. And next year when we're vaccinated and hopefully we have herd immunity, if there's any such thing, uh, we'll have a, a better Oscar presentation and we will have seen more of the movies. And I told you, Ma Rainey's Black, Black Bottom, I think you will really like for one of the top reasons is because you've spent the last 25 years in a ra- in a sound studio. You know, a radio studio is a sound studio with microphones and amplifiers and, and knobs and buttons. And that uh, a lot of that movie takes place in a sound studio. And, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why you like it. And it's also got some amazing performances. When we take a look at the current COVID deaths in the United States of America, 575,000 in the United States uh, 3.17 million deaths worldwide. And what's going on in India and Brazil, I oh. wanted to bring this up because the COVID assholes who said only a thousand people would die, the guys in sports who said, oh, this was no big deal. Oh, this is no big deal. Really? It's no big deal. People, they're cremating people. They're cremating people in India in streets. They're having bonfires. Yeah. And so I guess people don't watch the news. In the United States, they don't have the fucking time to turn on the BBC or to turn on the evening news to see that in the streets of India, people are dying at such a horrific rate. They can't even get them near a hospital. They're dying outside the streets because they don't even have any oxygen. And then Brazil, this is happening for a while. And we still are wondering why people in America won't get their vaccination. And how about these dopes? How about the people that got their first vaccination and didn't get their second? What's that? What is that? 
because we have a lot of idiots in this country. We have a lot of idiots. We have a lot of dumb people. We have a lot of people in this country who are not educated. They don't understand it. They don't watch the news. They don't read the newspaper. They don't understand the severity of this. So disclaimer here, if you don't want to get the vaccine, that is great. Two of my best friends, I'm not talking friends, I'm talking best friends, clearly don't want to do it because they have strong opinions on vaccinations before COVID, before the pandemic, and they choose to not want to vaccinate their kids and all that. I have the utmost respect for them and my friendship. But the mass people in this country who just don't want to get the vaccine because of their political opinions, because of politics. It's all about people being right. triggered politically. Yep. What they're doing is they're holding everything back. And there's going to be another variant. There's going to be another wave. It's coming from India. How dumb are we? We don't see it. it originally, it came from Milan and it came from Wuhan. Now it's going right. to be from India. And just get your double vaccine. Just get it. And get it out of the way. And um, God forbid they might ask you a year from now to get another double vaccine and just do it so we can put this pandemic to rest. And, and don't do it because we told you. Do it because the doctor told you. Don't listen to guys with microphones and podcasts and talk shows. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to the guy at the bar, your friends or your relatives with conspiracy theories. Just listen to your doctor. And if you don't have a doctor and you don't want to go to the doctor, which is a really bad, bad philosophy in life, then listen to the doctors on television. And you know, Dr. Roz. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's some doctors Dr. That, are, that are questionable, but uh, <laughs> right. And Doc, you know, Doc Rivers, you know, <laughs> there's there's some doctors that you don't Doc necessarily is passionate about a lot of topics. So oh, I know he is. Oh, I know. Well, Doc, Doc Rivers, you know, so we have we all. You know, you and I are two white talk show hosts who haven't had our house burned down. <laughs> Doc Rivers had his house burned down by some racists when he was, I think, coaching in San Antonio. So I always um, step aside and listen to our non-white friends who've had their fucking house burned down by racists and keep my mouth shut and open my ears when people like that speak. It's a good way of looking at it. I mean, I, I try to listen to as many people as I can yep. all the time, uh, except for LeBron. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Nice because when LeBron James uh, doxes, I didn't know the term. My wife explained doxing, which is me taking a picture of Tom Looney, putting it up on Twitter, and then putting your home address underneath it, doxing yeah. you <laughs> or calling you out. When LeBron did that for the police officer, in Columbus after that 16 year old girl was shot because she was swinging a knife wildly at another young girl. And the police officer had to do something which was really difficult. All these cop decisions are brutally hard. And even the mistakes, every time a cop makes a big mistake, it's easy for me, easy. Cause I'm so pro cop to say, bring that cop to justice, get the bad cops. And even the ones who aren't bad, but just make a horrific mistake with a gun yep. because they were in the line of fire. Get them off the force if you bring them to justice in a court and, and they made a mistake. But what LeBron did again, it's more about not so much about the, the knife and LeBron and all that. We get that. But his brand never takes a hit. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to have classes and lectures on at Harvard and Brown and Yale and talk about at Stanford. How come his brand doesn't get Ooh. hit? Michael Jordan was afraid. Republicans buy sneakers, too. Michael Jordan was so afraid, and he wasn't politically unhinged. He just didn't have a 
freaking opinion on anything <laughs> prime and he wanted to sell sneakers lebron doesn't get hit with the brand it doesn't hurt space jam it doesn't hurt his real estate it doesn't hurt his nba salary so lebron will continue to do this and a lot of what he says i'm going to listen to but i didn't really like the way he handled that event. yeah a lot of what he says is important and, it's, and again just like doc rivers it comes from a a uh, an experience in life that you and I haven't had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and a lot of us have sent out bad tweets, not that bad. And you and I have, you and I have sent out bad tweets, but never anyone's address, never that personal. Yours sometimes more personal than mine. I really try to be Teflon. And there is, there's studies about certain celebrities, politicians over the years who could shoot somebody on fifth Avenue and they re- their brand doesn't take a hit from their followers. And it's liberal, conservative, red, blue, athletes, entertainers, politicians, that there are certain ones, not all, but that could be, that's a, that's a good class you're talking about. How do you become Teflon? And it's not, and it's one of those esoteric things that's hard to explain. I might say one thing too about improving policing. I think you would agree with me that the Catholic Church has a public relations issue. And right now, the police in the United States have a public relations issue. Sometimes it's fair and sometimes it's not when you've got a bad reputation. But when you got one, you got one. And one of the one of the simple things that they could do is don't do what the Catholic Church did. Don't just let bad guys go from parish to parish to parish or police jurisdiction to police jurisdiction to police jurisdiction. fire a guy and just let him go work somewhere and, and fire a guy in scranton pennsylvania and let him go be a a, a police officer in harrisburg or el paso that you, you can't do that and maintain a decent reputation within your line of work whether it's the catholic church or policing in america or any other line of business if you're just going to transfer uh, bad seeds and bad apples from jurisdiction to jurisdiction rather than ban them from doing that. Particular, there's a lot of professions in America. Pick another one uh, if you're fired from your particular profession for being a bad guy. Yeah, it's a really big topic <sighs> that's being debated at every local level and yeah. national level. And again, when it comes to LeBron, who's about to come back, he's going to test that high ankle sprain. We'll end it with sports. I, this yeah. is interesting now. The NBA and a lot of our listeners on the podcast, we don't know what you think of the podcast unless you rate it. You know, you download it. We'd like you to share it, love right? It. Share it with other people. Put it on your Facebook page. Put it up on Twitter. Say, hey, man, we love this podcast because it's different. It's unique. These guys cover five, six, seven topics and they do it in 40, 45 minutes and it's boom, boom. And you can knock it out during a commute. The NBA is now officially the topic that more people call my shows, call my really? show, and tell me off the record that they're done with. Done. And they're done, done with. They're not, they hate it. And I, I look at them and I always throw out the disclaimer that I love the NBA. It's right. arguably my favorite sport. A lot of people think it's the NFL. You won't, you've, you've said that as long as I've known you. Yeah, my DNA is always <clears throat> based with the Yankees and the Knicks. But maybe the most passionate part of my DNA is with my dad and the Knicks and growing up because my dad saw those championship teams but fans don't like it because of load management players not playing hard and the biggest takeaway is no one can debate this nobody cares about the regular season anymore they have jumped the shark now they have a massive problem the regular season means nothing to the coaches the players it does to the tv partners 
Believe right. me, TNT wants that Tuesday, Thursday night game to be great. And the players won't show up or they're just not passionate about it. And then the playoffs save the NBA because when the playoffs hit, every possession, every loose ball is played like it's game seven of the NBA finals. And instantly you see this incredible product, but no one cares about the regular season anymore. And fans are really pissed off on this topic, Tom. Yeah, they are. They come back. Uh, and the load management thing will hurt, uh, at least as a topic for a while. But come it's, back? the yeah. ratings for the Oscars and well, the NBA prove, hold on, very important, lowest rated, lowest rated presidential address, even though I thought it was fine, lowest yeah. rated NBA, lowest rated Oscars. You just nonchalantly said, oh, they'll come back. Yes. Well, look around and tell me why. Do you think they're just going to roll through the door again? I, I'm pushing back on that. First of all, let's, let's mention Hank Aaron, who did his load management. There were little boys like me that went to see Hank Aaron in his later days, and he was in play that day because of load management. This is golden age syndrome. Load management's been going on a long time. We're talking about it now. It doesn't mean it hasn't been around. His little boys went to see Hank Aaron play, and he didn't play that day because he was sore. And... So that's always been going on. Number two, one thing that didn't happen over the years, this isn't Golden Age Syndrome. There wasn't pandemics. Not really since 1917. There hasn't really been a pandemic like we just had. So what happens during a pandemic? People don't give a shit about movies as much, and they don't give a shit about sports as much because grandma died. So all of a sudden your emotion about your team isn't the same because you've been through some trauma in the past year, and almost every American has. This was the biggest disaster in the history of Texas, bigger than the hurricane at Galveston, bigger than anything they've ever had by thousands and hundreds of thousands of deaths. Texas was wiped out by COVID-19. So people aren't as, won't be as into the Cowboys or the Rangers or the Mavericks this year as they were previous years because of, uh, of important the, the level of importance of sports in their lives has been diminished. The level of importance of Oscars in our lives has been diminished. The level of importance of silly things in our life and sports is silly has been diminished because of life and death. And that's why people will come back because our, our wounds will heal from COVID and all we've been through and we will return to entertainment, which is very important in the United States of America, the greatest country on earth. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.